0: Good morning. You know, the MC always like to ask, are you ready for the word of God? (laughs) You are ready, I'm not ready. (laughs) No, just a joke. (laughs) Okay, let's commit this service to God. Father, I just want to pray for every person who is here today. I ask, Father, for you to pour out a fresh outpouring of your Holy Spirit upon each one of us. I ask for your Holy Spirit to prepare our hearts like the good soil to receive the seed of your word father use the power of your holy spirit and your living word to touch us to impart truth into our lives so that we can live as your disciples and we can follow you all the days of our life in jesus name we pray amen one morning a mother was driving her four-year-old daughter to kindergarten the mother is a medical doctor and has left her stethoscope on the front seat of the car. Driving along the road, she noticed that her young daughter was quite interested in the stethoscope and was playing with it. So the mother began to think to herself, could it be that one day my daughter will grow up to follow in my footsteps? It would be wonderful if she would become a medical doctor like me. Just then, Her thoughts were interrupted as her daughter spoke into the stethoscope and said, Welcome to McDonald's. May I take your order, please? There goes the mother's dream. And this little girl might end up working in McDonald's. Do you know what God desires for us to grow, to become? Let's start by looking at two verses. And let's read these verses together. Romans 8:29. Let's read it together. For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son, so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. The next verse, Ephesians 4:13. Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, and become Mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. God's goal for all of His children is that they would grow up and mature so that they can become like His Son, Jesus. We tend to think that our goal in life after we became Christians is to go to heaven when we die. Heaven is not our goal. Heaven is our destination. Our goal is to become more like Jesus Christ. When Paul writes about attaining the measure of the fullness of Christ, he is telling us that Jesus alone is to be our standard by which we measure our spiritual maturity. We are not to look around at others and determine whether or not we are mature by seeing how we compare to them. We are not to compare ourselves with our cell leader or with our cell members or with other members in the church and then we feel that, oh, I'm more spiritually mature than this person. We are not called to become like other Christians. We are called to become like Jesus. Jesus Christ is our standard of perfection. Jesus is the ultimate picture of spiritual, emotional, and intellectual maturity. So, God desires for us to grow to be more like His Son Jesus in all areas of our life. We are to grow in Christ likeness. Can everyone of us say Christ likeness? Yes, that is God's goal for us. Last week, Pastor Isaac started off on this core value of serving and growing together. And he shared about serving like Jesus. Now today I want to continue the second part of this core value, serving and growing together, part two. And I want to focus on the growing, the growing aspect of this core value. No one is born a full-grown human, naturally and physically. They are born as babies, right? And then they grow up. Likewise, no one is born a full-grown Christian. You are born as a spiritual baby, and then you grow up. Now, we all understand that babies in the natural are immature, physically, mentally, and emotionally. Parents, you don't expect much out of your babies, right? You don't expect your newborn baby to clean up his room, make his bed, you don't expect your newborn baby to prepare his own food or bathe himself, do you? You don't expect your newborn baby to go to the toilet and poop-poop there. It would be great if they can do that. Then you don't have to change their diapers. But when a new bo- a baby is newborn, you, you are expected to feed them, hold them, carry them, dress them, bathe them, and change their diapers. But as your baby grows older, You expect them to develop and mature. You expect them to stop crawling and start walking. And you get very excited when they take the first few steps. You expect them to stop speaking baby gibberish and start talking. You can't wait for them to grow and to call you papa or mama. You expect them to stop drinking from a milk bottle and start eating solid food. We expect them to start doing things for themselves instead of having someone else do everything for them. And if they don't grow and mature as they should, you will start to worry that something is seriously wrong with my baby. So what is true of us physically is also true of us spiritually. When we first accepted Jesus Christ, we were born again. As newborn babies in Christ, we were spiritually immature. We didn't know anything about the Bible or prayer or about the church or living the Christian life. Everything was new to us. But as time passes, we are to grow and mature in Christ. And if we don't, something is seriously wrong. So just as a baby has to take His or her first few steps toward being able to walk on their own two feet. There are certain steps that every Christian must take in order to grow to become spiritually mature and become Christ-like. I would like to bring us today back to the basics and for us to focus on those steps toward growing in spiritual maturity and becoming Christ-like. Step number one Let's read this together with the verse Step number one I must desire to grow First Peter 2, 1-3 to Read it together Therefore laying aside all malice All deceit, hypocrisy, envy And all evil speaking As newborn babes desire The full milk of the word That you may grow thereby if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Have you seen a newborn baby who is hungry? What will the baby do? What will the baby do? Laugh? Cry? The baby will just cry and scream until you feed the baby and he is satisfied. You cannot tell the baby, wait, wait, mommy is on the phone now. Mommy is on Facebook now. Wait, until I'm free, then I will make milk for you. All that matters to the baby is to let you know his intense longing for milk. And this word that Peter used here for desire, desire pure milk, is the word crave used in other versions, and it means to intensely long for. This is the same word found in Psalms 42 verse 1, which says, As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. The psalmist is saying, As the deer desire, intensely longs for streams of water, so my soul desire, intensely longs for you, God. What does a hungry baby, a thirsty deer, have in common? They both provide vivid pictures the spiritual hunger the thirst for god and the things of god it illustrates to us that spiritual growth begins with the desire the the hunger the longing the thirst to grow physically speaking have you ever met a child who did not want to grow up parents have your child ever tell you my goal in life is to always be a baby Timothy, what will you do if your child comes to you, if Joshua comes to you? My goal in life is to always be a baby. You will be son. <laughs> Most parents will want their children to grow up, right? You, some parents may even tell their children, quickly grow up so that you can uh, go and work and support me. Children actually will not say that. Children instead will say things like, I want to grow up to be just like my mom or dad. I can't wait until I'm old enough to stay up past 9 p.m. at night. I can't wait until I'm 16 years old to get my driving license. Children desire to grow taller and smarter and stronger. They can't wait to grow up because no one can tell a grown-up what time to go to bed. No one can make a grown-up eat his vegetables. Children, you say amen? (laughs) Amen. Most children are eager to grow up. So spiritually speaking, every Christian should desire to grow up. We will never grow spiritually unless we want, unless we desire to grow. On the second day of the Chinese New Year, I took a bus to KL with my siblings. And we arrived at TBS, the terminal bus, uh, Selatan, the bus station. And my nephew was there to pick us up. Now, we wanted to quickly buy our tickets back to Penang at the station there and then, due to the Chinese New Year season. However, we were shocked at the crowd of hundreds of migraine workers at the bus terminal. And the self-service ticketing machines were all not working. And this was just a few days before Chinese New Year, our PM visited TBS. TBS and he was placing the ticketing system there, the self-ticketing machine. And now, it's all not working. Every counter, there was a queue of about 20 to 30 people. So what to do? Then my brother told me. I found a counter where the queue was less than 10 persons. He led me to it, and I saw the sign, Senior Citizens' Counter. And he asked me, are you qualified? I told him, no, my birthday is in November. I'm not qualified. Anyway, looking at the crowd of people, I decided to queue there. And before it reached my turn, I saw the counter lady turning away a few young adults who were at the queue. So I wasn't sure whether she would turn me away. Now, when I reached the counter, there was even a seat for the senior citizen to sit down, whereas all the other counters you have to stand. So I sat down. Then I gave the lady our ICs, our identity cards. cards. And before I knew it, I was promoted to senior citizen status. My ticket had the word senior citizen on it. And I got a senior citizen's discount while my brother had to pay the full price. I didn't want to become a senior citizen so fast. I want to stop growing older. There is nothing we can do to stop growing old. Growing old is an unavoidable fact, but you know growing up is not. Growing up to maturity is a matter of choice, your choice. You cannot put a stop to growing old, but you can put a stop to growing spiritually mature by the choices that you make. Example, you can choose to stay at home and watch TV instead of attending prayer meetings or cell groups. You can choose to spend time on Facebook, Instagram, WeChat, instead of having your quiet time with God to pray and to read the Bible. You can choose to go to IKEA shopping every week, instead of going to church to serve. How many of you know when IKEA is opening? I think most people know. How many of you know when PCC Batu Kawan is opening? (laughs) How many of you will travel all the way to IKEA shopping? And how many of you will travel all the way to PCC, Batu to Kawan, to serve there? Pastor Lydia is looking. Are you all going to raise your hand? <laughs> you cannot put a stop to growing old. But you can make the choices to help you to grow spiritually mature. And one of the great dangers in the Christian life is that after we have been a Christian for a number of years, we have sat through church services every Saturday evening or Sunday morning for years. We have heard hundreds and hundreds of sermons. We have heard Sunday school lessons, Bible study lessons. Then we have this tendency to start believing we have reached the full level of our maturity and we just stop growing. But I want you to listen this morning to these humbling words of the Apostle Paul in Philippians 3, verses 12 to 14. Paul said, Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press on toward the goal for the price of the upward calling of God in Christ Jesus. Do you know what the Apostle Paul is saying here? Paul is saying, I have grown a lot But I have still got a lot of growing to do. Even Paul, as mature as he was, did not consider himself to have achieved the goal of becoming mature like Christ. He chose to continue pressing on toward his goal of maturity in Christ Jesus. We must desire to grow. We must make a choice to grow. You are as close to Jesus Christ as you choose to be. If you are not growing spiritually, do not blame your spouse or children or the pastor who did not feed you or the church. You are as close to God as you choose to be. If you don't feel close to God right now, guess who moved? God did not move. God did not move. This problem where people choose not to grow It's not something that is new. Paul talked about it in 1 Corinthians 3, verses 1 to 3. Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not yet ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready." You are still worldly, for since there is jealousy and quarreling among you. Are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? Paul actually criticized a whole church, the Church of Corinth, for not growing in their spiritual life. Paul was obviously upset because the church in Corinth was still living like the world rather than like Jesus Christ. They had not matured. They were not growing in Christ-likeness. They were not loving each other. They were not living in harmony. They were divided. They had not grown up. And Paul is telling them, grow up. Grow up. We can be a believer our whole life or for many, many years and still be an immature infant, spiritually speaking. We make the choices on whether we will grow up spiritually. We have to desire to grow up. We have to want to grow up. We have to be willing to do whatever is necessary to grow up. Do you still have that desire, that hunger, that thirst to grow up to be like Jesus? That is the first step towards growing in spiritual maturity and Christ-likeness. Step number two. Let's read this together with the verse there. I must develop spiritual habits to grow. 1 Timothy 4, 7-8 Do not waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tears. Instead, train yourself to be godly. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. Promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. I want you to look at verse 7. What did Paul say here in verse 7? Train who? Train who? Train yourself. Paul wants Timothy to train himself to be godly. He did not say, hire a personal trainer, or hire a pastor, or attend a seminar, or, but he said, train yourself. Just as Timothy was personally responsible For his growth in godliness, we are responsible for our own spiritual growth. I'm not saying that you cannot have a spiritual parent to guide you or to teach you. For new Christians in PCC, we assign you a spiritual parent to guide you and teach you in your spiritual growth. But I'm saying that the practical training to spiritual growth is something that no one else can do for you. Not your spouse, not your parents, not your pastor, not your friends. The Holy Spirit will bring change and growth through our training. But we are not to be passive in this process. How many of you here would like to have a toned, healthy, beautiful body without having to go to the gym, without having to eat a proper diet? Most of us would like that. We would like to have the quickest result to have a healthy body without enduring the process or paying the price. But spiritual growth is not instant. Spiritual growth is a gradual process. A Russian comedian, Yakov Smirnov, said that when he first went to the U.S. from Russia, he was not prepared for the incredible variety of instant products available in American supermarkets. He said, on my first shopping trip, I saw powdered milk. You just add water and you get milk. Then I saw powdered orange juice. You just add water and you get orange juice. And then I saw baby powder and I thought to myself, what a country. (laughs) Wouldn't it be great to just add water to spiritual babies and we get instant Christ-like fully grown disciple. We do not become like Christ overnight. Spiritual growth is a process that started at your conversion and it lasts until you go to heaven. There are no shortcuts to spiritual growth. While we worry about how fast people grow, God is more concerned about how well they grow. The word here in 1 Timothy 4, 7, train yourself to be godly, is the Greek verb, where we get the word gymnasium, gym. Okay? It is a word that describes the physical training and athletic went through to compete. To be physically fit, you have to exercise. You have to develop some basic habits and the same is true in our Christian life. There are exercises, habits, disciplines That will help us to train for spiritual growth How do you develop habits in your life? The way you build any habit in your life is two ways Through repetition and through practice Can we say these two words together? Repetition and practice Repetition and practice Practice Study after study shows that it takes six weeks for you to develop a new habit. Six weeks. You have to do something every day. That is, whether it is exercise, whether it is a diet, or whether it is a spiritual habit, you have to do it every day for six weeks before it actually becomes a habit in your life. Because the first three weeks, It is for you to become comfortable with the change or with something that is new. And then it takes another three weeks for it to actually get ingrained in your life. Now, some of you may have a regular quiet time with God. You read the Bible, you pray. But it did not become a habit in your life. Why? This is because some of us, we read the Bible, we pray for a day or two, then we miss one day. You read the Bible for a day and pray, you miss two days. Then you read your Bible and pray three days in a row. And then you miss one week when you go for holiday. Your spiritual life also take a holiday. And doing it that way, you are like rolling a ball of string and then you drop it. You roll a ball of string and then you drop it. You keep undoing everything you're doing every time that you miss doing it. You are not developing the habit because you have to do it every day for, for how long? Six weeks. We need to develop some habits in our life that we will use for the rest of our life to help us to grow strong and be spiritually mature. There are habits that Christians must develop to grow spiritually because spiritual growth is not instantaneous. There are many spiritual habits that we can develop, but today, I just want to mention four basic spiritual habits every Christian needs to order in order to grow. And these habits are not new. They have been around for hundreds of years. You may have heard it many times. And this is a good reminder to us, especially to those of us who have stopped practicing these habits to start anew. These four specific habits that are essential to every growing Christian are The first is, read it together. The first habit is, read the Bible daily. Again, read the Bible daily. Jesus said to the people who believe him in John 8, verses 31 to 32, You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Christians need the truth. We need the truth because the truth will set us free from worry. When we read the Word of God, what God has to say about worry, the truth will set us free from expectations of others, from guilt, from condemnation. And since the Bible is the best and most reliable source for truth, we must get into God's Word on a daily basis. So that we can find the freedom to grow as a Christian and in spiritual maturity. There's also another verse that tells us about the importance of the Bible, and this is in 2 Timothy 3 16 to 17. Let's read this aloud. All scripture is God breath and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in. Righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. We cannot grow spiritually apart from the Bible. By feeding upon God's word daily, we receive the spiritual nourishment necessary for our spiritual growth. So the question to ask yourself is, have you developed the habit of daily Bible reading? The second habit, let's read this together. Second habit, pray daily. Pray daily. Develop a pattern of daily prayer. Jesus tells us in John 15 verses 7 to 8, If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you, This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. We become disciples by bearing fruit. And we bear fruit by remaining in Jesus and having his words remain in us. We listen to God through his word. When we read the Bible, God speaks to us through his word in the Bible. Then we talk to God through prayer. And there has to be a two-way communication for us to grow in our relationship with God and to grow in spiritual maturity. So to grow spiritually, we need both habits of reading the Bible and praying in our lives. Just as we must listen to God daily through His Word, we must talk to God daily to grow in our spiritual life. So the question to ask yourself have you developed the habit of praying daily the third habit let's read it and the verses together the third habit is tithing a tenth of the produce of the land whether grain or fruit is the lord's and is holy leviticus 27 verse 30 and the next verse the purpose of tithing is to teach you to always Put God first in your lives. Deuteronomy 14, verse 23. Tithing reminds us that everything we own belongs to God. God does not just own that first 10%. God owns it all. If God is not the Lord of our possessions, He is not Lord of us. Because to many people, they are possessed by their possessions. And learning to tithe helps us to put God first in our lives. So since tithing reminds us to always put God first in our lives, have you developed the habit of tithing? The fourth habit, let's read it together. The fourth habit is fellowship. You are a member of God's very own family and you belong in God's household with every other Christian Ephesians 2, 19 Another verse And let us not neglect our meeting together As some people do But encourage one another Especially now that the day of his return Is drawing near Hebrews 10, 25 Commit to attend church services And care cell regularly We all need other believers In our lives to help us to grow the weekly worship services like this celebration service is not enough Significant relationships do not develop When you just attend a celebration service like this Care Self Fellowship is the one that provides the opportunities For you to talk and to engage with other Christians And regular connection with other Christians in a small group Will help us to grow in our spiritual growth since God has called us not to neglect meeting together, have you developed the habit of being in a care cell fellowship? Now there are many other spiritual habits to help us grow, like fasting, solitude, and many others. But why do I just share these four habits? You see, these four habits are the habits that influence our time, our money and our relationships if jesus Christ's lordship is recognized over these three areas of our life our time our money and our relationships then jesus christ will truly be the lord of our life so since spiritual growth is a process that takes time we do not need to be discouraged if we find that we are not yet completely like Christ If we make a mistake Or we fall into a sin Some years ago A button could be seen On the collars of many Christians The button read P-B-P-G-I-N-F-W-M-Y do you, do you all know what this means? Do you all know some of the, the, the words That you know, people like to put on Facebook L-O-L and all kinds of things? Okay This is something like that. When you ask that person what do those letters stand for, she will reply, Please be patient. God is not finished with me yet. Yet. Tell the person next to you these words, especially if it is your spouse. Tell them these words now. Please be patient. God is not finished with me yet. Yet. This is a great truth. It is not a statement of an unwillingness to change, but it is a recognition that change takes time, but it is taking place. And the proper attitude for a healthy Christian is an eagerness, a desire to grow and to develop those spiritual habits that will help you to grow. Step number three. Let's read this and the verse together. Step number three. I need others to help me to grow. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 You cannot grow spiritually on your own. We need other Christians to help us to grow spiritually. And the church is a body where we are connected together in Christ Jesus. And as a body of Christ, each of us is responsible for one another. Therefore, we need to help each other to grow spiritually. You have to be connected to the body of Christ in order to grow. This is actually the exact opposite of every other faith. Other faiths will teach us that the way to grow in spirituality is to isolate yourself from everybody else. Go up and live in a cave or high up in the mountain and get away from sinful people. Then you will grow and become spiritual and holy. But that is not what Jesus taught us and what Jesus showed us by his example. No, during Jesus' ministry, there was always a crowd of people following him. The crowd wanted provision, they wanted healing, assurance, deliverance, protection, blessings. All these are not wrong, but the ones who actually experienced growth and transformation were the smaller group of child disciples who communicated, committed to community with Jesus and with one another. These 12 disciples were the ones who experienced transformation in their lives, in their spiritual growth, because it is in community and relationships that we grow. This phrase, one another, occurs 56 times in the New Testament. Love one another care for one another, help one another, encourage one another, pray for one another, serve one another, share with one another, build each other up, and so on. And most of these commands have to do with how we are to relate to one another. So 56 times in the Bible, God is telling us, the only way you grow is in community. The only way you grow is in relationships. We cannot obey these 56 commands unless we are in a small group. Our growth in Christ happens not as we are isolated from people, but as we are connected to people, to each other. And that is why we encourage you to be in a care cell. God has wired us in such a way that nobody grows to maturity by themselves. You need me, I need you, and we need each other. Tell the person next to you, I need you to help me to grow. As you experience true fellowship with other believers, especially in the self-group, you will find there are some who will teach you, some will encourage you, some will challenge you, and there are even some who may frustrate you but this is all part of God's plan for you to grow and to change you. One more verse we want to read is Hebrews ten twenty-four to 25. Let's read these verses together. Let us be concerned for one another, to help one another to show love and to do good. Let us not give up the habit of meeting together as some are doing. Instead, let us encourage one another all the more, since you see that the day of the Lord is coming nearer. This verse is talking about small groups because in the Bible days, there are no church buildings. There were no church buildings in Christianity for the first 300 years. So 100% of the church was in homes, in small groups. And the writer is saying, let us not give up the habit of meeting together in these homes, as some are doing. Instead, let us encourage one another all the more. If you are really serious about growing in spiritual maturity and in Christ-likeness, then join a care cell. Today, if you are not in a care cell, I would like to encourage you to join a care cell because it is in the care cell where you can develop meaningful healthy relationships and you can grow in your faith and in the practical application of god's word if you are not in a care cell you can go to the table that is between the two main doors after the service get a form to sign up to attend a care cell and we will recommend you to a care cell that is suitable for you, God has wired all of us in such a way that we need one another to help us to grow in Christ-likeness. Step number four. Let's read these and the verses together. I need to serve to grow. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. This is in Ephesians 4, 11 to 13. Now, nothing helps you grow as a Christian like serving. If you want to grow in your walk with Christ, you need to get involved to serve in the ministry. Rick Warren put it this way, God gave me a gift, not for me, but for you. And God gave you a gift, not for you, but for me. If you don't use your gift, you are depriving me. If I don't use my gift, I am robbing you. We grow when we serve. And this topic about We grow when we serve. Pastor Isaac has already preached it last week. So I will not go into details on this step to growing. But I remember when I first became a Christian, at that time, PCC was very small. And I immediately get involved to serve in many areas. I served in the youth community with Vivian Scully. And the youth at that time was not the ISCA. It was actually the young adults. I also teach the Sunday school at the porch at Penang Chinese Union School Hall in the, you know, near the hot sun. And I served as a librarian. And then I served with Doreen, who was one of our church members who has left for KL. And she was the one who really helped me to grow in my spiritual life. And I served with her as van drivers to fetch the people to church, the children to church. And we were the first lady van drivers in PCC at that time. And one of the PCC members who owned a commercial van, he would take us out at night and then he would let us learn to drive a van along Canterman Road. And I remember one evening after Wednesday night Bible study, this guy asked Doreen to practice driving a van by driving his van to fetch an elderly lady and to fetch me home. And the moment that Doreen drove past the Canterman Road traffic light, a policeman stopped us and asked her to drive the van into the police station. You know you need a special license to drive a commercial van, but for the passengers' van, you, know, you don't need. Just a driving lesson, you can drive. And also commercial vans, you cannot carry passengers. So all of us in the van had our ICs recorded by the police, and we had to pay a fine. And I still remember clearly that elderly lady who has gone home to be with the Lord scolded us. She kept on scolding us until we fetch her home, you know, for driving her into the police station. But that did not stop us from serving. And I found that it is through serving that I grew a lot in spiritual maturity and in Christ likeness. As I sometimes work with joy with the people in my team or sometimes I rub shoulders and I learn to grow in spiritual maturity and Christ-likeness. So today, if you are not serving in any way, after the service, please pay a visit to the booths behind and find out in which area you can serve. Now, before I conclude, let me ask this question. Why do we have to keep growing up spiritually? Why can't we just stay just as we are now, Paul answered this question in ephesians four fourteen but we want to read from verse thirteen onwards let 's read it together. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of god's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of christ verse fourteen Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. When Paul used the word children here, Paul is referring to immature believers who refuse to grow up. Paul then shared here two characteristics of children. First characteristic is unstable. Small children are unstable. They have very short attention span. They play with one toy for a while, then they get bored and they go on to the next one. They have a hard time concentrating on any task for an extended period of time. So Paul described the immature Christian like a child who is unstable, who is tossed around as in a storm by every wind of new teaching and false doctrine. We have to know what we believe, why we believe what we believe, and then stand firm on God's truth without doubting God's word at all. Last year, a lady who has been a Christian for many years called me. She told me that she went to Singapore to attend a revival meeting because there was a speaker from overseas. And when she went out for prayer, the speaker told her She is overweight because she has the demon of gluttony in her. How many of you believe that when you're overweight? And it needs to be cast out. And she believed it. She went to the speaker for prayer, but nothing much happened. And she still believed that, what the speaker said to her. So when she came back to Penang, she called me and she asked me, can I come to HRM, Healing Room Ministry, and you pray for me? To be delivered of this demon of gluttony. Now I know this lady. She did not settle in any church all these years. And whenever she hears there is an overseas speaker, she will run here and there to hear the speaker speak. So she is like the immature Christian that Paul talked about here. Immature Christians are unstable. They are easily tossed away by the waves, blown by the wind to follow whatever new teaching that comes their way. But mature Christians who grow in spiritual maturity are grounded in the Word of God, are rooted in the truth of God's Word. They are stable. They will not easily follow after any kind of new teaching. So children are unstable. Immature Christians are unstable. Second characteristic is children are gullible and easily deceived a man posted on Facebook a photo of his two young sons sitting in front of their washing machine playing video games. When his friend asked him, why are they doing that? He replied, I told my children that Wi-Fi comes from the washing machine. And they believed me and they tried it and they found a better Wi-Fi signal there. Actually, our router, Wi-Fi router, is in the room next to the washing machine. So now they sit quietly in front of the washing machine to play games, and I can keep an eye on them. Parents, you want to try this? <laughs> immature Christians are like children, easily deceived, easily influenced by the lies of false teachers. Do you know that false teachers tend to target immature Christians? Rather than non Christians, they will go and share their beliefs in in mature Christians rather than non Christian. Warren Resby offers this insightful comment, which is so true. The cultists do not try to win lost souls to Christ. They do not establish rescue missions in the slum areas of our cities because they have no good news to share. Instead, these false teachers will try to capture immature Christians and for this reason most of the membership of these false cult groups comes from the local churches particularly immature Christians who are easily deceived I remember when our church was at Canton Square one afternoon I was alone in the office the doorbell rang I went to the open the door and there were there, were a man, there was a man and a lady at the door they wanted to give me some free books and then they wanted to share to, with me about jehovah god and the kingdom of god now the church sign penang christian center was near the door so they could not miss it and they knew without a doubt that this is a church so i told them directly i'm a pastor i'm already a christian i know what i believe but they still went on and on and talked about Jehovah God and what Jehovah Witnesses believe. Actually, for those of you who don't know, Jehovah Witnesses is a cult group, okay? And they teach wrong doctrines. Finally, I told them, I'm already saved. I don't need to get saved again. So why don't you go and share the good news with non-Christian and get some soul saved? Then that stopped them and they said, thank you for your time, and they quickly disappeared. Now, if I did not know what I believe in, and if I was not rooted in God's Word, I might have ended up becoming a Jehovah Witness today because they were very convincing. Immature Christians are easily deceived because they think that as long as someone quoted from the Bible, the teaching must be correct. Mature Christians are discerning and cautious to study the Word of God for themselves, So Paul is exhorting us to grow up on our spiritual maturity so that we will, be, we will not be like children who are unstable and who are easily deceived to stray away from our faith in God. I would like to conclude with this story. A man in New York City died at the age of 63 without ever having had a job. He spent his entire adult life in college. During those years, he acquired so many academic degrees, they look like the alphabet behind his name. Why did this man spend his entire life in college? When he was a child, a wealthy uh, relative died who had named him as a beneficiary in his will. Now, it's stated in the will that he was to be given enough money for his own support every year as long as he stayed in school. And it was to be discontinued the moment he had completed his education. So this man met the terms of the will. But by remaining in school indefinitely, he turned a technicality into a steady income for life something that his benefactor never intended. Unfortunately, he spent thousands of hours listening to professors, reading books, but never doing. He acquired more and more knowledge, but he did not put it into practice. What a waste of his life. This reminds us of what James said be doers of the word and not hearers only if we know the bible inside out we can quote from genesis to revelation but we do not apply or put it to work what we have learned we are as bad as this man with his string of academic degrees his education was of no practical benefit to himself or to anyone having a lot of bible knowledge cannot be equated with Spiritual maturity, information without application becomes stagnation. It is in the application and doing of God's word that spiritual growth takes place. Brothers and sisters, God wants you and God wants me to grow, to mature into Christ-likeness. That does not happen on its own. That also does not happen by just gaining Bible knowledge. It starts with the desire in our hearts to change and to grow. We also need to train ourselves to godliness by developing spiritual habits that will help us to grow. We need others in the body of Christ to help us to grow. And God has given us a spiritual family. And God has given us the care group as a strategy to help one another to grow. And we also need to use our gifts and talents to serve and to grow. Let us pray. In this attitude of worship, this morning I would like you to take a few minutes to talk to God yourself. God wants us to be growing, changing, becoming more like his son Jesus. Ask yourself, where are you in your spiritual growth? Are you growing? Are you continuing to grow? Or are you at a standstill in your spiritual growth? Some of you are at a stagnant stage. You need a breakthrough. Ask the Holy Spirit to renew your love for God, to ignite that desire in your heart to grow some of you may need to restart to cultivate spiritual habits to grow ask god to give you grace and perseverance to develop spiritual habits that will help you to grow some of you who are not in a care cell may need the support of other christians to grow commit yourself to god to attend a care cell to receive encouragement and support from others to grow And some of you may have been receiving the word of God without applying it, without giving out in practical ways. And this is the time for you to commit yourself to serve. Dedicate your gifts and talents to God. Tell God, I want to start serving. Will you commit yourself to God to grow in spiritual maturity, to change to be more like Jesus? Thank you, Lord. Oh yes, no.